evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This month's podcast series is sponsored by Opus. Opus helps free your business from the complexity and uncertainty of managing the risks associated with your customers, vendors, and third parties. By combining the most innovative third-party risk management and know your customer compliance SaaS platforms with unparalleled data solutions. Opus turns information into action so your business can thrive. Opus solutions include the Hyperos ABAC Accelerator, the leading platform for third-party risk management. To learn more, go to www.opus.com. Opus is an appropriate sponsor for this month as I'm focusing on third parties the third-party risk management process. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be looking at the management of third parties after the contract is signed. We're going to take a look at auditing, (coughs) relationship management, training, continually monitoring and updating your own third-party program. This is an incredibly important month on my one-month series this year, and I'm sure that you will garner some new techniques that you can incorporate directly into your third-party risk management program. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day 17, Distributor Compensation. One of the issues in any compliance program is a compensation paid to a third party as part as FCPA exposure arises or rises when a company pays money, either directly or indirectly, to fund bribe payments. In the traditional intermediary scenario, the company funnels money to an agent or consultant who then passes some or all of it on to the bribe recipient. Often, the payment is disguised as compensation to the intermediary, and some portion is redirected for corrupt purposes. However, when companies grant distributorships uncommonly deep discounts, bribes can result either when the distributor is instructed by the company to use excess amounts to fund corrupt payments or because the distributor pays bribes on its own without the express direction or implicit suggestion from the company to do so in an effort to gain some business advantage. In the 2012 FCPA guidance, it noted that common red flags associated with third parties include unreasonably large discounts to third-party distributors. The distributor enforcement cases often lessons, offer lessons to combat this, second, this scenario where legitimate companies require assistance. How can the, ri- the risk to third-party third parties who are distributors be managed? One mechanism is to install a distributor discount policy and monitoring system tailored to the company's operational structure. In virtually every business, there exists a range of standard discounts granted to distributors. Under the approach that I'm going to discuss today, discounts that range may be granted without the need for further investigation, explanation, or authorizations, absent, of course, some glaring evidence that the distributor intends to use the standard discount delta to fund corrupt payments. Where the distributor requests a discount above the standard range, however, the policy should require a legitimate justification. Evaluating and endorsing that justification requires three steps. Relevant information about the contemplated elevated discount must be captured and memorialized. Two, requests for elevated discounts should be evaluated in a streamlined fashion with the tiered levels of approval, 
higher discounts requiring higher levels of official approval. And three, elevated discounts are then tracked along with the requests and authorizations in order to facilitate auditing, testing, and benchmarking. These three concepts work to more fully operationalize your compliance program and are something that you should consider, I think, regarding distributor compensation. So let's start with number one, capture and memorializing the discount authorization requests. Through whatever means are most efficient, a discount authorization request template should be prepared. While reminding Remaining mindful of the need to strike a balance between the creation of unnecessary red tape and the need to mitigate risk, such a template should be designed to capture a given request and allowed for an informed decision to be made on whether it should be granted. Because the specifics of such a template are critical to evaluating its legitimacy, or specifics of the request, rather, it is expected that the employee submitting the request will provide the details about how the request originated, whether it's a request from the distributor or contemplated by offered by the company, as well as explain the legitimate justification for the elevated discount. In addition, <clears throat> the discount request should be designed to identify gaps in compliance that may otherwise go undetected, i.e. a confirmation that the distributor has executed a certification of FCPA compliance. Number two, evaluation and authorization of the distributor request. The precise structure of that system depends on several factors, but ideally the goal should be to allow for tiered levels of approval. Usually three levels of approval are sufficient, but this can be expanded or contracted as necessary. Ultimately, the greater the discount contemplated, the more scrutiny the request should receive. Factors to be considered in constructing the approval framework include the expected volume of requests and the current organizational structure. The goal is to ensure that all the requests are vetted in an appropriately thorough fashion without negatively impacting the company's ability to function efficiently. It also mandates the operationalization of compliance into multiple disciplines within your organization, i.e., if you have these three or multiple levels of Approval, this will help to fully more or more fully operationalize compliance within your organization. Once the information is gathered and reviewed <clears throat> and approval processes are formulated, there must be a system in place to track, record, and evaluate information regarding the discount authorization request. This captured data can provide invaluable insight into FCPA compliance and indeed much beyond, certainly into the business case. By tracking the total number of requests, companies will find themselves better able to determine where and why discounts are increasing, whether the standard discount range should be raised or lowered, and gauge the commitment to FCPA compliance within the company. This information, in turn, leaves the company better equipped to respond to both government inquiries and, indeed, business vagaries down the road. Rethinking approaches to evaluating discounter activities is one of the ways that increase. Uh, one of the ways that the increased number of enforcement actions and the F 2012 FCPA guidance and evaluation of corporate compliance programs have given us information about how the government thinks about enforcing the FCPA. Obviously, such information allows companies to get smarter about FCPA compliance. With a manageable amount of forethought, 
Companies who rely on the distributors as a sales model can create, install, and maintain systems which allow them to spend fewer resources to more effectively prevent FCPA violations. Moreover, these systems generate tangible proof of operationalization of compliance, which can obviously be very important in the government's eyes going forward. Many companies have come to FCPA enforcement action or grief because of distributors. The sales side channel does not receive equal focus, or this component, rather, of sales side channel does not receive equal focus with that of commissioned sales agents, yet it certainly presents an equally large compliance risk. By using the the approach laid out, you'll have created a well-thought-out process which will operationalize your compliance program around distributor compensation in a manner which documents your decision-making calculus. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, the first one is the creation of a well-thought-out process which operationalizes your compliance program around distributor compensation in a manner which documents your decision-making process is a critical element for your compliance program going forward. Two, require multiple levels of approval for an out-of-range distributor discount request. So what that means is if you get an unusual request from a distributor or a business unit person or even a customer to have a large distributor discount, why has that uh, request been made? What's the nature of the contact? What's the nature of the contract? And more importantly, what's the nature of the context? Number three, tracking distributor discounts globally can make your company more efficient. Obviously, there's a huge business case to be made for tracking your distributor discounts on a global basis. If you don't know what you're uh, discounting distributors' uh, products to in North America, vis-a-vis Europe, vis-a-vis Africa, vis-a-vis Asia, um, or Australia, you've lost business information. This is information that should be in your company's database. It should be available for the business unit to make more informed business decisions going forward. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for Day 17, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Day 18 of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it will help our rankings and help us get the words out on this most unique podcast series in compliance. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to today, and I hope you will listen tomorrow on another episode of One Month to a Better Third-Party Management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.